Welcome to KC Corner, episode 36, and the Tampa Bay Lightning, our Stanley Cup champions. Stanley <laughs> Cup champions. What, what, you know, what an incredible year 2020 has been. Yeah, and exactly. Best year ever. It's best know? year ever. <laughs> In the midst of a world pandemic and so many things that have been such a struggle, and I know it's a little thing out there, folks, but I'm telling you, it was a lot of fun for those of us who love the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're probably rejoicing so they don't have to hear about it anymore. Yeah, so that's, now it's it baseball playoffs, a little bit of football talk in the beginning, something like that. That's true. <laughs> You know, and it hopefully feels a little bit more normal. Um, Let me come back and pick this back up at the end of our segment and tell you how. When I talk about what I hope to say, um, maybe we can tie that in too. Okay, a little teaser. I like it. A little teaser, exactly. (laughs) But we can jump into what you meant to say uh, this past week. Well, you know, this past week, uh, when you look at uh, Genesis 3, Brooks, and that is a deep dive into a major theme of the Bible. If you miss Genesis 3, you miss it all because that's known as the fall or the fall of mankind or humankind. And um, it really tells us so much of why it it has a cause effect. Why is the world so broken? You know, why has 2020 been such a struggle? I mean, what, why is my life such a struggle? And you realize it all becomes from the, the sin and rebellion of Adam and Eve and, because of that and and what God said, because he's a holy God, here are the consequences, including a cursed earth. And, you know, the land is cursed and including increased pain and thorns and thistles. And, you know, all of all, all of life has been affected because of the fall. There's nothing that we have ever seen that hasn't been affected. Think about that, Brooks. There's nothing. Uh, even your best day, my best day, the most beautiful fish you ever caught, the most (laughs) beautiful sunset you ever saw. Everything has been tainted by the fall, and yet God's grace shines through. And then in the midst of this really, really uh, tragic scene, God's grace just shines through. And just, again, uh, folks out there in KC Cornerland, love that about our great God. Love the fact that uh, really in many ways on humanity's worst day, when the whole story changed. God's grace didn't, and and that that promise of the first uh, uh, of gospel in Genesis three fifteen of a seed of a woman who's going to come and crush the serpent's head. We have hope, and then at the end of it, uh, you know, God providing a sacrifice for them, pointing to the sacrifice of Christ for us, is so so sweet. So, really, what I meant to say was. This is a story within a story that we got to get. And if we get it, it helps make sense, not only the Bible, it really helps make sense of our lives as well. And it gives us a hope. Mm -hmm. I liked what you said, or it's, uh, you know, it's tough to hear, but Adam's failures were our failures. And we just want to say that's not fair. That's not fair. It wasn't us, but put in the same situation, I think we'd mess up too. Well, you know, we we would mess up too. He was at what they call federal headship. He perfectly represented us. Uh, But, you know, when you realize that his, his depravity was passed on to us, we're a mess because he became a mess um, and yet you also realize his guilt got passed on to us. And you're like, whoa, wait, wait, what, what in the world is that all about? But if that's the case, then we know that Christ's righteousness could be passed on to us. And, you know, uh, which is so good to know for sure. And again, one of the hardest things about this last, you know, I, even as we talked this morning, I'm thinking, man, there's so many things I didn't say. And uh, uh, they're just because it was just too 
too much stuff to to, uh, to talk about. Yep. And at the end there, uh, you mentioned a Christ's active and passive obedience. You know, he lived perfectly, but also completely absorbed God's wrath so that we could uh, bask in his pleasure. I thought those were two kind of great quotes you had. Oh, well, thanks, Brooksy. I appreciate you listening. And, uh, you know, that active and passive obedience is probably something that we never would think about. And it's terms that theologians help describe things. Uh, you know, that when Christ lived his life, he actively fulfilled the law. And it doesn't seem very passive on the cross. I mean, oh my gosh, just think of the uh, the agony. But at the same time, um, you know, just think of the fact that uh, he just didn't, like, like a sheep led to slaughter that was silent. He just passively absorbed God's wrath for us. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So what do we have to look forward to this week and what you hope to say? Uh, well, thanks. Uh, you know, what I hope to say this week, this week we're going to jump to the story of Noah. And, you know, you think of the story of Noah and oftentimes the ark and the animals, I mean, it can almost become the theme of a little kid's nursery. You walk mm-hmm. in and there are the animals and there's the ark and it seems like the animals are smiling. Everything's great. <laughs> um and we have seen that story unfold in, in a way that uh, it's it's a lighter story. But the story of Noah and the ark is, talk about a dark story. I mean, it's when God says, I want to do over. Things have gotten so bad that my wrath is going to be seen on the entire earth. And mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's a scary story. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's probably more scenes of a, horror movie than it is scenes of a child's play you know um because when the floods came the only thing that survived was those who were in that boat mm-hmm. but we're going to look at what was in that boat the promise of god was in that boat what was in that boat and how does that how does that arc point to jesus even how does the rainbow point to jesus mm-hmm. and uh, i can't wait i want to preach the whole thing right now but um Jesus is there, even with Noah's name. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but Noah's name has a certain meaning, and uh, it really points us to Jesus. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I do think Sunday schools are very themed towards having all the animals lined up in twos and then the rainbow at the end, but they not miss that middle part, but, you know, for the Sunday school design, maybe don't put the <laughs> yeah. flood and people dying. <laughs> well, I hope to do something with it today, this upcoming Sunday, I should say, with our uh, King's kids. And uh, I think we're going to bring in some buckets of water to throw on them. Yeah, and, that and sounds then, good. You know, just kind of drench them mm-hmm. and let them know. With the big like. jerseys on again. Yeah, exactly. Just make them have to take it off. Hey, how much fun was that? <laughs> that was great. I didn't realize how many jerseys you brought because there were a lot of kids up there this week. There were. And I... <laughs> You know, if I went with what we've been having lately, I wouldn't have brought that many. But thank goodness I just kept pulling them out. So uh, it was it was awesome. That's good to have all the kiddos back for sure. Absolutely. Love seeing them back. Church is so much better with them there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this morning, you're also going to teach us a new word. Yeah. Um, a new word called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. Say it with me. Hermeneutics. So uh, hermeneutics is a, is a fancy long word word that if you could use people will think you're smart so mm-hmm. you know yep. you gotta throw that yep. sucker in there mm-hmm. but it really it boils down to is the interpretation how do you interpret especially scripture um, how do you understand it and I think it's a great word for us to throw out here at Casey Corner this week why because we are marching through looking at our rock through the ages looking at Jesus throughout the uh, Old Testament story but how do we read the Old Testament how do we how do we get our arms around this? I mean, their world is so different than our world. I mean, they're, 
the happenings of the events. I mean, sometimes it's like, what in the world is going on? Just think of the millennial, the, the millennium that is distance between not millennials. Yeah, no, no, not millennials. No, no, those those great young twenties. We love them. Um, but no, think of the ages that have gone between. You know the story of what we're reading. You know we were we were in Genesis three. We were back in the garden. How do you read that? So what I want to talk about real briefly is to say uh, a little trick of the trade that I learned in seminary that really proved to be helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's a couple things to think about. One is when you read scripture, think of three worlds. All right, that world, their world, and our world. Now let me tell you what that means. That world. That world is the world that's being described to us in the story. The, the, the world of, the, like, the, in the garden on Genesis 3. But their world is really important. Um, I mean, let, let, me, let me come back to that. Our world, well, you can figure out our world, what our world is. How does it affect our world? Um, so you're reading a story and you're hearing about that world. But when you realize the book of Genesis, who wrote it? Well, a good theologians, good Orthodox theologians will, um, uh, historians will say it was Moses. Okay, when did Moses write it? He wrote it when the people were journeying to the promised land. So there was a reason why. This is, this is their world. There is a reason why Moses wrote what he did. Um, he was addressing certain issues. I mean, they, this group of people, God's people, were headed back into the promised land. Now, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in, in Genesis 12, and we're going to see God's promise to Abram, uh, Abraham, and it's going to be a promise where um, God is going to say, hey, I'm going to give you this land. Well, remember, when you read the story, God's people are coming back into the land, and they're, they're like, wow. Yeah, we're afraid because they got big people there. We're afraid because that's there's there's a there's strong fortified people there. But listen, this is the land God gave us. God promises us this land, and so even with that, the stories of like Abraham kind of help empower God's people. Like he had a very similar life. He too went to Egypt because of a flood. He too, um, um, sorry, a famine. He too. Um, was driven out of Egypt and, and they plagued the Egyptians. His story is a little different. We won't get into that right now. But it's uh, it's if you read it through their world, why was Moses inspired by the Holy Spirit writing specifically? Why was Isaiah writing specifically to the people at that time? You know, why, if we can put ourselves in the original reading audience a little bit more, and that's, it takes a little bit more digging to do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, Scripture takes another turn, which is great. And, uh, you know, the one other thing I want to talk about today is, uh, so that's that world, their world, our world. If you look at, come to the Old Testament, think about, okay, I'm being described, it's being described to me as that world. And then, but what is their world? The original people that were hearing this, what was going on that made them write this and, mm -hmm. uh, or tell this? And then our world, and here's the big thing with our world, Brooks, is how does the cross of Christ change this? You know, where does... Where does this point to Jesus, uh, which is what we're doing? Um, how does Jesus fulfill the story, or how does Jesus portrayed in this story? Um, you know, it's it's you got to be a bit careful um, because there's something called iso Jesus, where you isolate a verse and you find something that might not be there. Um, you know, we're not archaeologists who can dig with all the right tools at times, so we got to be a little careful. But I think at the same time. It'll make scripture come alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Um, and as, as Richard Pratt said, the last thing is, I remember him talking about walking through uh, Scripture with snowshoes. Have you ever worn snowshoes, Brooks? I don't think so. No. Uh, they're pretty cool. <laughs> Do you know what the point of snowshoes are? So you can stay on top of the snow. Yeah, very good. So you don't just fall through. You mm-hmm. know, it, it it provides a breadth, a, you know, a, a surface mm-hmm. that keeps you from... If you try to walk through thick snow... And you just keep falling through, falling through, falling through. I mean, it is compl- it's incredibly tiring and mm-hmm. laborious. I mean, it's very, very labor intensive to try to walk through snow. So a snowshoe allows you to be up on top and uh, kind of make your way across. And so um, when you think of reading through scripture, if you could take all of God's truth and weave those together and, and look at the bigger story and make kind of a snowshoe where you're not getting stuck on one little passage. Mm-hmm. Now, like, uh, I'm going to be in Genesis 6 today, and I'm, I'm going to probably not preach on the first four verses of Genesis 6 because it talks about, you know, giants and some weird marriages, and it's like, what in the world? And if you and we do need to know what that means, but if we just bore in on that alone, you'll fall through. And it's like, uh, um, what is the overarching story? You know, mm-hmm. what, what are the truths? And not that the individual stories aren't true, but remember what was that world, their world, our world, and walk with snowshoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about in our KC group last night the context of stories, and like you were saying, understanding the context of who the audience was at that time, but then also applying it to our world. Um, we were talking about Luke 15 of the prodigal son coming back and having a party thrown for him, but you know he took a lot of their money and went and hung out with prostitutes and everything. And one of our members asked like, what if you have a bad employee that does that? Like steals money, runs your company to the ground, you fire him and then he comes back, asks for forgiveness. Like, do are we supposed to throw a party for him and stuff like that? So it's understanding the context of the story and then our world also. Yeah, you know, that, that's a great question. <laughs> and I'm saying, wow. Um, but at the same time, you know, obviously a relation, employer relationship is different than a father son mm-hmm. relationship which yep. is clearly reflected in that prodigal son story mm-hmm. or prodigal sons as we found out yep last couple weeks yeah that's what we kind of figured out too that like you said it's a it's a family not a business in that yeah. context for you know, applying it to our world it's true that's uh, good stuff brooks love it <laughs> so is that all you. we got this week i think that's all we got this week but hey uh, i'm coming up this sunday uh well this this Friday night, Brooks, we have a Casey Family Connection. It's our next uh, group of folks who are interested in learning more about King's Chapel, and we're so excited about that. And, you know, remember, always can go online. If you're listening, if you want to get more information, you can always check us out on kingschapelfl.com. And this Casey Family Connection, we are going to gather here at our house. Uh, a great group, like 20 folks are coming um, on uh, Friday night, and we're going to have lunch after church on Sunday, and they'll be joining soon. And so a lot of exciting things that are that are coming up uh, in the month of October that really get me excited about what God's doing here at King's Chapel. And, you know, I, I think about if, if you're listening, and we, we also send out a weekly uh, newsletter. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to get a, be a part of that, um, we'd love to send that to you. And just trying to keep people up to date in all the things that are happening. Been seeing some new faces recently. Yeah, it's, it's been, been exciting. It's been really exciting. I love it. <laughs> and people coming back. I uh, love not, it. Come not on. Not to be in the house anymore. <laughs> exactly. I, I got someone yesterday. I sent a picture of our King's kids to uh, 
someone. They said, oh, one of the nurseries back open. I'm like, they're back. (laughs) So, uh, So come on. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks for listening.